Hey y'all, this is the Christ Center Conversations Podcast, and I'm Shelby Stanfill. And I'm Kevin Stanfill. Each week, we come together and discuss the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. Welcome to episode 25 of the Book of Mormon podcast. And right before we started, we were, we were talking about what episode number it would be. And it was 25, obviously. And Kevin goes, ooh, it's a, a quarter of 100. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> I was trying to think of some cool terms. Yeah, what, what the cool term would be. Like, what, what do you call it when it's like the 25th? 25th anniversary. Well, well, I guess it's like, yeah, 25th week anniversary. Yeah. But not really because we missed a week in there when I was sick. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It's episode 25. Um, we are going to be finishing Second Nephi chapter 1 because there's some really good insight that um, in the last few chapters that we wanted to talk about today. So um, maybe we'll go on to chapter two, but we'll see. We want to finish chapter one first. But so, let's dive in. Yes. Here we go. Well, I think we wanted to start around verse 23, right? That's right. Yeah. So we closed last week uh, talking about scriptures in verse 22. And I just shared uh, about you know, the eternal destruction of both soul and body. And that's, that was kind of heavy. That was kind of crazy. 23, you know, we still have to remember that Lehi is, he's talking uh, to Laman and Lamuel. And, you know, with, with the words of a trembling parent, right? He mm-hmm. really wants them to change their ways. I mean, they're in the promised land now. Right. Right. We talked about last time. This is an opportunity to change, change, like start over, like repent, repent, baptize yourself spiritually. Right. <laughs> um, so he says in 23, awake, my sons, put on the armor of righteousness, shake off the chains with which you're bound and come forth out of obscurity and arise from the dust. Now, Shelby, what are some what are some words in that verse that kind of strike out to you arise from the dust. And I think this just happened right now. I didn't, the spirits teaching me, but um, in Mosiah, King Mosiah talks about how we're no more than the dust of the earth. And he says that because even the dust will obey Jesus Christ and his commandments. If if they're asked to, you know? And so when he says arise from the dust, he's trying to say like, Let's arise or let's be like the dust, I think, right? Like let's you know what I'm trying to say? I think in it's in a way. I think it's more I, I like where you're going. I'm not with saying that. be the dust, but like Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I know where you're going with yeah. that. I think mm-hmm. that where you know what, what Lehi is trying to say is you know the dust being so low. Yeah. And like natural, right? Like arise. Like yeah. Arise oh, from a natural man. base state of being. But I do like, I, like that. I do like how, yeah, we were thinking of King Benjamin because we saw the Book of Mormon video this week. Um, last week. Last week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and, and of course, 
that is, it's two ways of teaching, mm -hmm. right? With the, with the same object. So, but I also wrote in my little margins in my scriptures, I put repent next to this verse because mm -hmm. I feel like in general, he's just asking them to repent and, and do things like put on the armor of righteousness. So, right. Yeah. Well, and he also talks about coming forth out of obscurity mm -hmm. and, you know, although we know Laman and Lemuel very well, um, and I guess in in the in the whole Book of Mormon, you think of like, well, they're like the people are called Lamanites, so obviously we're talking about Laman. I guess he got his namesake, but they're still like Laman and Lamuel are very obscure figures spiritually. They they've never done anything great. Meanwhile, Nephi has done great things. Later on, it says his views have been glorious. Or did he, we already say that? Uh, yeah, I think that was last week that he was talking about. Uh, well, maybe we'll get there either way. But <laughs> yeah, Lehi talks about, oh, it's in the very next verse, in verse 24. Uh, Rebel no more against your brother whose views have been glorious. He's seen a lot of things. Yeah, he really has. And I think that, <laughs> I think that there's a, what's the word? A positive out. Well, Nephi just always has a positive outlook on everything that he's had to go through. And Laman and Lemuel just haven't. And I think that's what contributes to him having glorious views. He has this perspective of goodness. And Laman and Lemuel just haven't. And so Lehi is trying very hard to get his sons to have this perspective and change and repent. So that's really what I think the next couple of verses are about. He goes through it all. And we've talked about this many, 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 many times before <laughs> on mm. this podcast. Um, Something that I wrote down in my notes for this, this episode, mm -hmm. um, if we're as a whole, um, in this conversation, we kind of throw back to first Nephi chapter eight, where, because we also watched that book of Mormon video last week, mm -hmm. actually of, uh, of the vision of the tree of life. Mm -hmm. And in that, in that vision, <laughs> in that video, we mm -hmm. see Lehi and he's like, he's, he mourns for his sons who don't come to him. Mm -hmm. And so this, that still may be on his mind like, you know, hey, don't go toward that great and spacious building. Don't fall into the river right. of filthy water. Like, there's still an opportunity to come back. I don't want that vision that I had to be a reality. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I do want to point out, in the next couple of verses, he really is um, trying to like say why he wants them to change because of all the things that have happened. But in 26, 26, sorry. He says, you say that he hath used sharpness. You say that he hath been angry with you, but behold, his sharpness was with the sharpness of the power of the word of God, which was in him. And that, which he called anger was the truth. And I absolutely love that so much. Cause how many times does someone tell us the truth? or the reality, and we get angry, right? Mm -hmm. 
And Kevin even did this to me last night, just a personal example to make this applicable. He just talked about how we need to set goals to work out more (laughs) because we had both been really good, like not going and then Kevin got sick and then I had something with my hip going on and we kind of just fell off the bandwagon, but I didn't get angry. I just got irritated like because I knew I needed to be doing that. But Kevin brought it up and I'm like, don't tell me what I already know. And so it makes me think, did Lehman and Lemuel already know? They just didn't want to be told to do it, you know, and they're just resisting the change in their own hearts. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And so I just, (laughs) that's just a personal example, but it happens all the time where we hear the truth and we get a little angry. And when that happens, it's a good time to step back and be like, okay, they're just trying to encourage me. Like Kevin was only trying to say, hey, let's work on ourselves together. He wasn't singling me out. He wasn't saying anything like that. He just was like, we need to get back in the groove and set a goal. And that's what um, Lehi's trying to do right here. But that whole concept of taking the truth to be hard and and turning it into anger, it's a concept we see a lot throughout the Book of Mormon. And so I just want to point that out. Yeah, that's true. Did you have any other thoughts on it, Kevin? Um, you know, I just wrote down the, the wicked take the truth be hard. So, right. You know, First Nephi 16, two. Um, I, I talked about boldness, um, mm. and kind of thought back to the way that the, the Lord, um, admonishes his people, you know, uh, encourages them, but also points out their, their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, Nevertheless, he, you know, I like in the book of Revelation where it's a, it's kind of a pattern of, hey, like, this is what you're doing well. This is what you could kind of improve on. Mm-hmm. And here's a, here's a witness from the spirit that the things are true. Um, I did want to, because I know you had some thoughts about of, uh, the verse in 25, verse 25. Um, about the accuser. I forgot about that. Yeah, so it says um, that he is fearing, for behold, you have accused him that he have sought power and authority over you. And I remember last year in the New Testament, um, I think I was actually the teacher at the time in the YSA, and I had this lesson about Satan being the great accuser. And... Brother Spears so graciously volunteered his thoughts on how Satan is the accuser. He he tries to blame everything on everyone and accuse them, and it's never his fault. And that is exactly what Laman and Lemuel try to do. They they say these things like, "You're just trying to get glory," and da da da, and that's what they're just accusing all these people, but. They're taking no responsibility of their own, no ownership at all. And so this is a an example of what not to do. <laughs> do not be accusing. Take ownership and be like, yep, I have not listened. You're right. At times I may have listened when I was compelled to, but this time I'm not, I'm not going to be compelled to listen. And I don't know. Those are just my thoughts on that. Because Satan is a great accuser. He accused... Uh, Jesus of wanting, um, well, first of all, he presented a different plan, (laughs) completely contrary to Heavenly Father's plan. And then he was saying, you know, oh, Jesus, this isn't the right plan. He's just accusing him of all these things. 
and I don't know. What I think is really cool Mm -hmm. is that in the next chapter, Mm -hmm. we get into that story, that, that account that Mm -hmm. you're talking about where, you know, the, what happens in, you know, the, the pre-mortal world, right? I'm, at least I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's in the next few chapters. uh, It it talks about. Yeah. We learn a lot about the plan of salvation. Yeah. The plan of salvation. And especially about our savior, Jesus Christ. What I also wanted to, to bring up was, you know, aren't Laman and Lemuel like just the example of what not to do? Yeah, well, yeah, but they also did some things like they did help build the ship after they were humbled and they did, you know, that's the only example I can think of, but they did do some things. So it was many months ago, many months ago. Um, but we had a state conference here in Arlington and, uh, elder, uh, dad, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that his last name, but he actually spoke in this last conference. Uh, so you can find his talk there, but he, he, man, that was an incredible weekend. You know, everything from the adult session to a youth devotional the next morning to then the Sunday, you know, general session. Mm-hmm. He kept bringing up the the layman and Lemuel. And he was like, you know, they, and what I got out of it was they just weren't obedient enough. Right. They still right. did. Like you said, they still did things. Right. But they just weren't obedient enough. And I think they weren't all in. And, and we know, we've talked about it several times during this podcast, the Lord doesn't like lukewarm people. He wants right. you in or he wants you out. He would have rather Laman and Lamuel stayed in Jerusalem than come all the way to the promised land just to frustrate the plan and frustrate uh, the family and cause these dissensions. Now, it didn't happen due to agency, Right didn't happen because that's that's not the the way that the chips fell. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to argue with you back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You like when we do this people. Um I don't think he would have rather had them stay in Jerusalem than cause all the contention because I remember on a podcast you said Lehi um kind of looks at Nephi and says, you know, because my sons have been this disobedient, Nephi has become this great leader. Uh, yes. You get what I'm saying? So I think they were critical in the developmental role of this family. Um, I don't think he would have rather had them sit in Jerusalem. I think he would have. It was part of the plan for them to come. You get I me? will I will redact <laughs> my statement. I, I, no, I, I don't think in his heart of hearts, right. the Lord would have rather them stayed there. And it obviously wasn't part of the plan right. for, for Nephi and the family. But I think I was just using that as a, as a little, uh, like. I get what you mean. To, to put a little bit more emphasis yeah. on it, right? Like, hey, he doesn't like lukewarm people. He would have rather, but. Well, like a modern day example then of that would be he doesn't want you to um, 
So here's here's a tricky thing. He wants us to do all the good that we can, and just because we can't, we don't do perfect. Mm-hmm. Just because we're not perfect, that's still okay. It's the intention of our hearts. So I think here's the thing: is what was the intention mm-hmm. of Laman and Lamuel? Right. Yeah. Their intention was probably, well, you know, we've got to stay with our family because we, I mean, we would starve back in Jerusalem. Right. Maybe that's, that's what they're thinking. Like we, mm-hmm. we need to at least stick around with these people to stay, alive. to stay alive. So it wasn't that they wanted to be there. It's not that they wanted to be of help, but they just didn't see any other option. And that's a really important lesson. And I, if you jump to, wow, this is way at the end of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Moroni 7 verses uh, 5 and 6. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is something I learned on my mission. Um, in verse 6, it's, it's talking about gifts. Um, and it says, For behold, God has said that a man being evil cannot do that which is good. For if he offereth the gift or prayeth unto God, except he shall do it with real intent, it profited him, profited him nothing. So all the things, the experiences, you take Nephi and Laman and Lemuel. Nephi had real intent and that whole journey hath profited to them, him, however you say yeah. that word. But Laman and Lemuel, their intent was not right and it's not doing anything for him, right? They're just miserable. So it is true the intent that the intent of your actions and your heart are do are what really do matter at the last day. Mm. So am I ministering because I want to look good or am I ministering because I felt prompted by the spirit to go minister to this person? You right. know what I'm saying? Am I ministering because I want to be able to raise my hand in a release society lesson and say, yeah, one time I had this cool experience just to brag or am I not letting my left hand know what my right hand did, mm. you know? So anyway, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We, we do, we do need to be on the side of, Hey, I'm just going to do this because it's the right thing to do because right. that's what the Lord wants me to do. But even that is, is good intent is a righteous intent. I want to do what the Lord has commanded me to do. I want to do what heavenly father wants me to do. Um, and if it means that, um, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, then so be it. Right. But, uh, but you know, you'll find joy in, in being obedient. Mm-hmm. And that's, Laman and Lamuel just never found the joy of obedience. Yeah. Um, if we may move on. Yeah. Um, moving into 28 and 29. Um, so this, this was kind of interesting. We talked about this earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Of how um, the the blessing that he well, so he says, Lehi. yeah, Lehi is um, is kind of creating this conditional um, blessing, and and it actually goes back to verse ten which we kind of touched on in the last episode, which was all these things like, you know, Hey, if, if you do obey the Lord, if you follow the commandments, then you'll be blessed in the land. If you do not, 
things are going to go poorly for you. Right. And so in verse 28 and 29, he talks about, hey, if, if you don't hearken unto uh, these things, these things, and, and moreover, hearken unto Nephi, then I'll take away my blessing from you mm-hmm. or the conditional blessing that was based on your righteousness, and it'll be added unto them or unto uh, Nephi. And we saw that with Isaac in the Old Testament, right? And and um, of his many sons, he, you know, certain of his sons, namely Reuben and Levi, they were not living up to their blessing. And so it was added onto Jacob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I got that right. <laughs> Excuse me. Those those Old Testament um, yeah, we were getting, genealogies. <laughs> if you just want to hear how funny our conversation was this week, we were getting it all confused. We we're like Jacob, Joseph, Isaiah, like we we're throwing out all these right. names, and we were like, wait a minute, it's very easy to confuse yourself. Um, but I think Kevin got it right. If you didn't, let us know. Um, we were supposed to study it a little bit more, which I will be honest, I failed. So um, just just to give a little bit of insight. So if you follow the the footnote that says blessing in verse 28, it talks about birthright. It Mm -hmm. says, see also inheritance or birthright in the Bible dictionary, an invitation to you, all of you. uh, And an invitation I'll take up myself is to, to do some studying in the Bible dictionary of under birthright Mm -hmm. in the next verse 29. If you look into the footnote of first, um, it actually takes you to Genesis where uh, in Genesis 49 and chapter 49. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Chapter 49. Okay. So this is actually, it's not Isaac. It's Jacob. He's, it says Jacob blesses his sons and their seed. And he says, uh, he gives a, a blessing unto Reuben, but, um, that that blessing is later uh, taken. taken away from him yeah. because of unrighteousness. Yeah. Um, so um, it's important. I mean, it wouldn't be in the Book of Mormon unless it was important, right? So there is something we have to learn from that. And I think what Kevin's saying is that he invites us to learn more about that and why it is important. Well, we just, you know, something that we talked about with Brandis on uh, – on episode 23 mm-hmm. was that this is old Testament times. And right. so the more we know about old Testament culture um, and, and customs, yeah, we can see these little insights into Lehi and his family. Right. And later on in, in, uh, in later chapters. I really want to talk about the next couple of verses. I know <laughs> I was just about to say, I know Shelby is itching to talk about especially verse 30 so um zoram if we remember zoram was somebody that nephi um asked to come with them when he went and got the plates he was the servant of laban and he says and i know that thou art a true friend unto my son nephi forever and and 32, he says that, well, the rest of it, he's just saying that their seeds will be blessed and that they'll have prosperity on this land as long as they keep the commandments. And um, I 
I love um, having friends. Okay, so this really reckons with me. I love um, reaching out to new people and meeting new people, and I just love having friends, okay? And <laughs> here, Zoram and Nephi, when they come together, it was very unusual circumstances. I mean, he's dressed as Laban, first of all, yeah. <laughs> and Zoram mm. follows him out, and and then he's like, hey, come with me, and Zoram's like, all right, man. Like, <laughs> if you just think about that, I mean, the spirit bore witness to both of them that this was something that needed to happen. And it's almost like Kevin said it perfectly the other day. He was like, it's almost like their spirits recognized each other and were like, all right, I know you. I don't know how. And I'm going to go with you. And trusting in Nephi and Nephi trusting in Zoram to go back and get his family and not go tell on him and Nephi to take him in the wilderness I mean, that's what builds a friendship is trust, right? And so from the very beginning, you got these two people who are trusting each other with their families and the prophecies of God. And then he calls them a true friend and he knows that and that their seeds will be blessed. And it was very important, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love that because I've had experiences where my spirit has recognized other spirits. And I'm like, man, we are eternal best friends. Like yeah. not eternal companions, but we are eternal best friends. And I know that. And something that I brought up when we were talking about this was uh, I said, it's almost like it's foreordained, but not, but it kind of is right. Like there is, there are people that we know that, you all know, listening, who um, there's an opportunity to to create a, a friendship there. You know, you have something in common or you've worked together on something, so on and so forth. And maybe one of you hasn't taken that extra step to really get the friendship going. Right, right. You know, and, you know, I know it. At this time, we're in a, an era of social, not an era, but a, a, a <laughs> short period of time, hopefully, of social distancing. But man, I, Shelby and I were talking about this today uh, or yesterday. The Just the fitness industry right now is going so hard on online like streaming. streaming. Hey, get on this Zoom conference get on this live Facebook live work out with us. The same thing can be said. I mean, yesterday we were FaceTiming with your sister, Riley. Mm -hmm. We will hopefully FaceTime with my parents tonight. Right. So, you know, now is not the time to, uh, to, to fall into obscurity, right? <laughs> to avoid, to, to avoid everyone. It's time to establish, maintain and even establish new friendship uh, and, and relationships despite anything that's going on in the world and, um, you know, establishing those good habits of, of reaching out to people when you know, it's right. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and they can bless your, they can bless your lives. Like friends have a huge impact on your future and you don't even know it. It's and so, true. so 
you never know what that friend can add to your life and make sure you choose good friends that don't lead you. Um, I'm sorry, choose good friends. Don't choose the ones that would lead you astray. So be careful when choosing friends. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. And I really liked the end of this chapter and how much we got to talk about it today. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited for chapter two. I think when we come back next week, we have we, a guest. We're going to have a guest, uh, mm. perhaps guests, plural. Yes. Um, well, yeah. We'll have two people here, one participating. I'm not sure about the second one, but yeah. we'll let you know. We'll ha- may- we might have a live audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll either have two guests or we'll have a guest and a live audience. <laughs> so anyway, um, this uh, may be weird. So sorry. But I just wanted to take a short moment to address those who will listen to this podcast years to come, mm. um, perhaps many, many years. You know, we're we're living in a time um, a lot of people are saying unprecedented or uncertain. There's uncertain times. Can I interrupt you for a second? You may. Um. In my page, I'm just going to read one line from a patriarchal blessing in it. And I had the thought too. So, but it says, um, I've come to this earth at a time when there's great responsibility and great opportunity. Also a time when the forces of Satan are very active, creating chaos and havoc among the nations of the earth. So maybe that's what you, I don't know, creating havoc among So, um, yeah, there's, there's havoc being created by different forces for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, you know, I, I just think that there are lessons to be learned now and, you know, that's why in the book of Mormon, that's why the book of Mormon is so important is because it is a history right? There are lessons to be learned from the past. And if we, if we do our due diligence and study the words of the prophets and we, we liken them unto ourselves, we can be prepared for future things, like things that are like what happened before. Um, And sometimes those are spiritual, right? Sometimes it's, Hey, I'm trying to resist temptation, but sometimes there are things that are actually going on in the world that we have to prepare for, you know, um, uh, opposition in the world. Um, so my, my encouragement is to be reading the scriptures constantly, you know, don't let a day go by that you don't read something from the standard works and you'll, you'll, you'll try to rationalize it. And you may even rationalize it by, um, you know, feasting one day <laughs> and saying, well, I read so much, you know, yesterday that that'll tide me over that. That'll, it's, <laughs> it's almost like the rationale of, hey, I'm going to go to church and that will that'll be enough. I don't have to take church home with me. I mean, if you were relying on church at this time in, in our lives you're not getting a whole lot of spiritual nourishment, right? 
because you need to bring that home. You need to be doing it in the home um, with your family. And so I know that's true. I say it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I just want to add my second witness that these, if this is our children listening or whoever you are, <laughs> that your father, your dad has made a goal recently to the first thing he does when he gets on his phone is to only look at something gospel related right. and he's living true to what he just said <laughs> this morning I went on Facebook and he's like I don't feed my mind with the Facebook I feed it with spiritual a spiritual feed <laughs> that sounds kind of like uh, elitist but it was not <laughs> well, like that yeah but it was it was funny to me yeah and so um, I just want to add my second witness that I know that's true and that he's become better because of it slowly, like little by little. And so I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you'll have a great week and we will see y'all next time with our guest. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Do the high five. <laughs>